0: I want to start today by apologizing to Chiefs fans. Um, last week, I ended the Sunday gathering uh, dogging you for losing your opening game of the season on Thursday night uh, with a team that was, you're missing your best player, by the way, and then really gloating about the fact that the Broncos were going to win, and that was dumb. Um, Laughter Last by a point with a whole fully healthy team, I might add. We had a fully healthy team. And so what I want to do for you Chiefs fans is I want to start today by apologizing for being stupid. I want, to st- I want to apologize for I am stupid. I just want you to know I am done talking trash for the rest of the year because I'm just done looking stupid. So with that being said... Welcome to part two of this series that we've called Disconnected. As as we launched this series last week, we talked about regardless of your age or your background or your socioeconomic status, or your beliefs, or the color of your skin. Regardless of who you are, the desire for true relational connection, well, it's something we all have in common. We all long for, desire, search for relationships of true connection defined by love, encouragement, care, authenticity, acceptance, honesty, transparency, commitment, trust, intimacy, openness. We desire this with Family members, friends, coworkers, teammates, classmates, we desire it with each other. We desire and we search for it from a young age all throughout life. I I think it's ultimately why people get married. And college people join fraternities and sororities and why we seek new friendships and some people go to the same bar every single Friday night and why young people will join gangs and why many of us have joined T-Life groups. Well, my question for you is, are you experiencing that? Are you experiencing true relational connection in your marriage with your kids, with your parents, with your teammates, with your friends, with your small group here at Relevant? And if we're being honest, many of us would say, no, Studies actually reveal that most people feel lonely and disconnected from deep, meaningful, authentic, intimate, healthy, life-giving relationships. But we don't need a study to know that. We don't need study results to know that. Because many of us feel this way today. And this disconnection that we have and that we feel, it doesn't come without a cost. We discovered that living disconnected, it hurts our relationship with God, it negatively impacts our emotional and mental health, and it's destructive in our current and our future relationships. And none of this makes any sense. I mean, we live in a sea of people, we're surrounded by people all the time in 2023, and... We can connect faster and easier than ever before in history, yet we are more relationally disconnected at home, at church, at school, in our friendships, at work, in our marriages than ever before. Why is that? Well, I think one huge reason why is because true relational connection requires healthy interaction. I believe with every fabric of my being that one of the primary reasons that so many people, so many of us feel relationally disconnected is because we're living that way by not interacting in relationally healthy ways. Thus the reason for this series. Throughout this series, we're looking at three relational disconnects that prevent us from interacting in healthy ways that most of us are guilty of. Three relational disconnects that may be preventing you from experiencing true relational connection with your spouse, your parent, your kids, your friends, your teammates, the people in your small group. The three relational disconnects that have the potential to destroy your relationships. Three relational disconnects that if you and I learn to respond to in wise, healthy, God-honoring ways will help us improve our current relationships, mend our hurting relationships, and may even help us heal our broken relationships. Last week we looked at the first relational disconnect that most of us are guilty of, if not all of us are guilty of, and it is living in a constant state of distraction. So many of us are living in a constant state of distraction that we can't possibly have healthy interaction. We can't possibly develop and experience true relational connection with anyone. And I'd encourage you, if you missed last week, go back and watch or or listen to that sermon. You'll... It will convict you a little bit. And real quick, funny thing, if you weren't here last week, this won't make any sense to you. But all week long, every time I walked into a room at my house and someone was there or you know, around the office here, every time someone was on their phone and I walked in, as soon as they weren't distracted enough to know that I actually walked in, immediately they shut their phone off and put it away. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? I didn't say, like, what? I didn't say no one should ever be on their phones. Like, it was just hilarious watching it uh, happen all week long. Well, today... We're going to look at the second relational disconnect. I call it digital communication, which is basically communicating to other people through digital avenues, text, email, posting and commenting on social media, Snapchat, direct messaging, just to name a few. Here's the reality. Digital communication has made life so much easier and so much better in so many ways. I mean, email was an amazing invention. I mean, up to 40 years ago, if you wanted to write something to someone, you had to physically write it on a piece of paper, put it in the mail, and it could take days, if not weeks, for them to get it in the mail. So email just sped up communication. You can write something to someone and they can have it today. That's amazing. And then 20 years ago, texting was invented 20 or so years ago, and that took communication to an entirely new level because we all have our phones with us all the time. You could write something to someone, and they can see it instantaneous. Like this this was a mind-blowing thing when it, when it first came out. And not only that, you could do that with a group of people, and they could all see it instantaneously at the same time. And then when social media was invented, wow, MySpace blew our mind. Old people, you remember MySpace. Like, this was mind-blowing. And then Facebook came out, and now we have all these social media platforms. And these just, I mean, you can now communicate with hundreds of people at the same time, and hundreds of people at the same time can know what's going on in your life. So digital communication, it's a powerful tool. It's a helpful tool that helps us communicate with people. But over time, the way we use this tool has actually disconnected us from experiencing true relational connection. And it's disconnected us because true relational connection requires healthy interaction. And don't miss this healthy interaction occurs through in person communication. And by in person, I mean face to face, voice to voice, personal. Come on, we gotta be honest with ourselves. So many of us have substituted in person interaction with. Typing, posting, messaging, snapping at people, even the people who are closest to us. I mean, we'll be at home with our families and our spouses or our kids or our parents will be in the same house as us and we want to tell them something instead of walking over and telling them when they're in the next room, we'll text them. They're literally upstairs and we'll text our kids. And then like think about at work. You got your boss, your coworkers, your employees. They're right down the hall. They're in the next office over. And instead of like walking down and communicating with them in person, we'll email them. They're literally behind that wall. And we'll email them. And then, you know, like, hey, we, when it comes to Snapchat, woo, man. Like, instead of like talking to, to our friends anymore, we don't need to talk. We'll just send pictures of our face all day long. And this will be really good communication with one another. connected deep. You know, and then when it comes, we will we will on social media we will post we will take our feelings, our sadnesses, our prayer requests, our celebrations, our political beliefs, all the stuff that enters our mind, and we'll just post it and get it out there and shoot it out there, and and never once think about maybe I should talk with people about this instead. Over the past 20 years or so. We've progressively started using digital communication more and more and more. And then COVID happened. And when it did, we literally and physically isolated ourselves and substituted in-person communication with digital communication. And now, today, digital communication is the primary avenue that we've chosen to interact with family, friends, coworkers, parents, each other. Studies show this. Studies show that the average person spends four to six hours a day using digital communication. Studies show that 54% of people text their closest friends once a day, while only 33% of people talk face-to-face with their friends on a consistent basis. Studies show that in-person communication ranks as the third method of communication behind texting, and instant messaging, which would include Snapchat. We use digital communication because we desire true relational connection, but we've substituted in-person interaction with communicating at people with the click of a button. And unfortunately, it's having devastating effects. Substituting in-person communication with digital communication has created a false sense of connection. And I know you go, oh, the the way I use digital communication, it's actually helping me relationally connect. And I go, no, it's not. It's not. It's giving you the illusion you are. It's giving you the illusion of relationship without the demands of relationship. Digital communication, it's a facade. It makes us think we're truly connecting, but in reality, it's superficial. It's surface, deep connection at best. There is a level of relational connection. We can't go through t- through digital communication. We live in a world that is more connected than ever. Yet, studies showed, as I just said a second ago, people are more lonely than ever. And we're more lonely than ever because healthy interaction occurs through in-person communication. Furthermore, substituting in-person communication with digital communication is negatively impacting our mental and our emotional well-being. Studies show that the more people use digital communication, the more anxious they become and the more emotionally taxed they become. Have you ever heard of the chemical that's produced in your brain called serotonin? Well, serotonin is a pretty important chemical. Serotonin impacts, serotonin controls your mood. Serotonin is responsible for feelings of happiness. Serotonin helps regulate when you sleep and when you wake up. Serotonin helps you think clearly. Serotonin maintains your mood. Studies show that more serotonin is produced, the more we have healthy interaction with people, and that less serotonin is produced by interacting with people on a screen. Did you get that? Communicating on a screen negatively impacts the chemical that impacts your mental and emotional well-being and it actually makes your brain have to work harder. This is why we were all so tired during COVID. It's because when we try to interact on a screen through Zoom, it makes our brain tired because it's negatively impacting the level of serotonin in our brain. It's why those of you who work on Zoom all day are tired because this was, that was never the way that our body and our brains were intended to communicate. Is it possible, is it possible that one of the reasons that depression and anxiety and hopelessness and suicide is on the rise is because we've substituted in-person communication with digital communication? Furthermore, substituting in-person communication with digital communication is disconnecting us from experiencing true relational connection. Come on, what do real, meaningful, life-giving, intimate relationships require? They require love. Encouragement, care for one another, unconditional acceptance from one another, commitment from one another, intimacy with one another, affirmation from one another, empathy from one another, trust, authenticity with one another, knowing and being known by one another, hearing and being heard by one another. Come on, come on. That cannot happen through digital communication alone. That can't happen, and it won't happen. Studies show it takes about an average of 50 hours of in-person interaction to move from acquaintance to casual friend, about 90 hours to move from casual friend to good friend, and about 200 hours to define a true relational connection. Come on. You and I can't text our way, like our way, comment our way, post our way, or Snapchat our way to real, meaningful, life-giving relationships with Anyone. Substituting in-person interaction with digital communication is disconnecting us from experiencing the true relational connection that we all desire. Because relational connection requires healthy interaction. And healthy interaction occurs through in-person communication. I believe substituting in-person communication with digital communication is, is doing more than just disconnecting us, though. I believe it's actually driving a wedge into our relationships. It drives a wedge because digital communication removes what is required for healthy interaction and can only happen through in-person communication. And that is healthy dialogue. Healthy dialogue. With every person that you have a relationship with, you have different opinions, different ideas, different questions, different struggles, different thoughts, different beliefs. Different positions. Furthermore, with every single person that you have a relationship with, you can hurt each other's feelings, offend one another, anger one another, and disagree with one another. And all that can create tension and conflicts that drives a wedge into your relationship if you aren't able to have healthy dialogue about it, to ask each other questions, to express your opinion safely with one another to listen to one another and hear one another and empathize with one another and work to understand one another and accept one another where where they're at and speak into one another's lives and be honest to one another and know you've been heard by one another and have your feelings affirmed by one another. And not only can that not happen through digital communication because that's not what it was created for, but that let's be honest, that isn't even the way that we're trying to use it. If we're being honest... Our use of digital communication is more focused on me than it is relationally. We got to be honest with ourselves. So often when we text, post, email, comment, we're not focused on how it's going to help or hurt our relationship with them or even help or hurt them. As nearly as much as we are about me, we just post away, we fire off emails and fire off text messages, we comment however we want to and whatever may, way makes us feel better with whatever I want to say so that my opinions are heard and my beliefs are heard with whatever I think and I feel without ever thinking or caring of what, how it impacts them or our relationship with them. Our our use of digital communication is so much more focused on me, 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 me than it is relationally. And because we're focused on communicating at one another instead of having healthy dialogue with one another. And it's doing nothing but disconnecting us and driving a wedge into our relationships. Case in point, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on a few different questions. So if it's true about you, raise your hand. Raise your hand... If you've ever got a negative text or email from someone and it hurt your feelings and it ruined your entire day, raise your hand. Okay. If someone has ever misunderstood something that you wrote or you posted and it caused relational friction with them, raise your hand. All right. If someone's ever unloaded on you through text or email and you still are harboring some resentment toward them, raise your hand. All right? If you've ever felt dismissed because you've shared your feelings with someone in text, in an email, on a social media post, and they didn't respond the way that you wanted them to respond, and now you feel dismissed, raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Okay? Raise your hand if someone's ever stopped talking to you because of something that you posted on social media. Raise your hand if you've ever lost respect for someone because of something they've posted on social media. Pretty good. If you've ever felt belittled, offended, put down because of something someone wrote, posted, or commented, and you'd hope you don't have to see them anytime soon, go ahead and raise your hand. I think I've made my point. So, seriously... Tell me how our use of digital communication is not disconnecting us relationally, but also driving a wedge into our relationships. But here's the problem. Digital communication ain't going nowhere. There ain't one person listening who is going to stop using digital communication. None of us. We're not gonna stop emailing. We're not going to stop texting, we're not going to stop posting, we're not going to stop snapping. None of us. It's not going to happen. So, how do we use it in a relationally healthy way? Instead of in a way that disconnects us. Instead of a way that drives a wedge into our relationships. Well, I think something the Apostle Paul wrote in in Ephesians 4 can help answer that question. The New Testament book of Ephesians is actually a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church, the community of Christ followers in a city called Ephesus, about 30 or so years after the events of Jesus' life in the first century. Now, as we look at these few, but you know, short but powerful verses, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've put your faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, your Lord, you need to know what Paul wrote here, it is not Optional for us. For those of us who say we're followers of Christ, we must take Paul's words literally and obey them diligently. Not only because of how it impacts our relationship with Jesus, but because of how it impacts others and our relationship with others. If you're not a follower of Christ, you don't have to do anything with what Paul wrote next. But you can, and I think you should, if you want to move, move toward experiencing true relational connection. So here's what Paul said, do not let any, how much? Any, zero, not even a little, do not let any unwholesome, and in another English translation of the Bible that it uses the word corrupting, because this Greek word, which Greek was the original language that the New Testament was written in, this Greek word that is translated unwholesome or corrupting here literally means spoiled or rotten. This Common word was actually used to describe food that had gotten so bad, so spoiled, so rotten, that when consumed, it would corrupt a person and make them sick. So Paul says, do not let unwholesome, unwholesome what, Paul? Unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. They didn't have digital communication. If Paul was writing today, potentially he would have written something that sounds like this. Do not let any words come out of your mouth or posts, replies, comments, texts, emails, or Snapchats come off your fingertips that cause people or your relationship with people corruption, sickness, hurt, destruction, discord, or death. Because here's what Paul knew that many of us forget. Words, whether it's written or spoken, carry the power of life and death. They can corrupt and kill a person's soul Or they can bring life to a person's soul. And the same is true relationally. Words can corrupt and kill our relationships. Or they can bring life to our relationships. But we already know that, don't we? Because every single one of us has experienced that. Some people have taken this verse to mean don't cuss. Don't tell dirty jokes. And I'm assuming Paul wouldn't condone those things. But that's not what Paul's talking about at all here. And we know that because of what he wrote next. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, that means not most of the time, not when you feel like it, not just when things are going good, not when your feelings haven't been hurt, not when you're not frustrated, not when you don't have an opinion, but only, meaning all the time, but only, Paul says, what is helpful for building others up according to their needs... That it may benefit those who listen or see it or read it. Bottom line every word we say, every text we type, every post we make will either be corrupting or benefiting to other people and to our relationships with other people. And Paul's saying, only post, only comment, only text, only email, only Snapchat, only say things that helps build up, builds up, and benefits them and your relationship with them. Well, how do I know what will do that? That's a great question, and here's, here's my answer. I think this is a great question to ask every single time you are getting ready to, to text something, post something, email something, or comment on something. Here it is. Will this benefit them and the relationship in any way? will it? If the answer is no, then let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth or posts, replies, comments, texts, emails, or Snapchats come off your fingertips. We all already know that if we and everyone else that we know had chosen to always ask this question and follow through on the answer, that many of the wedges that have been driven into our relationships would have never Paul continues and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption hey Christ followers do you know that as followers of Christ we can grieve God's spirit did you know that you can hurt God's spirit And in the context of this passage, how we do so is by saying and doing things that hurts and corrupts others or our relationships with them. Let me ask you, when God is grieved by us, when God is hurt by those of us who say we're followers of Christ, do you think he blesses? Us. You think that's how this works? We can just grieve and hurt him all day and go, God, bless me? Let me ask a different way. When God is grieved within the context of our relationships, do you think that we can ever experience true relational connection? I don't believe so. Because I believe that is a blessing. That is a gift. That is a work of God. So Paul goes here's how not to grieve the Holy Spirit get rid of. Which means put away, throw away, have nothing to ever do with it again. Don't ever do nothing. That, like it needs to be done with. Get rid of all, not some. All bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. But basically, Paul's saying, get rid of anything that doesn't help and build up and benefit them and your relationship with them. Anything that communicates bitterness, anger, discord, ill will, division, or is damaging and destructive to them or their relationship. Instead, Paul says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Be considerate of of how what you say and type and post will make them feel. He goes on saying, forgiving each other. And let me stop here real quick. You and I may need to forgive them in order to do this. Forgive them before they even ask for forgiveness. Or forgive them even if they never ask for it. Well, why should I do that? They don't deserve it. And here's why just as in Christ, through his sacrificial death and resurrection, God forgave. We interact with others in this way because the moment we put our faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life, we were forgiven when we didn't deserve it. We received grace, mercy, kindness, compassion from God that we didn't deserve. We do it because this is how Jesus first loved us. We do this because Jesus redeemed and restored and reconciled our broken relationship with God that our violation of sin against him created. And interacting in this way with others is what redeems and reconciles and restores our relationship with them and is the only way that we will ever be able to experience true relational connection. So, in review, true relational connection requires healthy interaction. And healthy interaction occurs through in person communication. Digital communication, it's a useful tool, it's a powerful tool that helps us communicate with people, but over time, we've substituted in person with digital. More and more and more. And the substitution is disconnecting us from experiencing true relational connection. The one that we all desire and is driving a wedge into our relationship. Because relationships because digital communication removes what is necessary for healthy interaction. And it can only happen through impersonal communication. And that is healthy dialogue. Healthy dialogue to ask questions of one another. To express our opinion safely with one another. To listen and be listened to by one another. To empathize with one another. To understand and be understood by one another, to accept and be accepted by one another, to be honest with one another, to hear and be heard from one another, to affirm and be affirmed by one another, to forgive and be forgiven by one another. And not only can that not happen through digital communication, because that's not what it was created for, but at, but it's it, so often it isn't even the way that we're trying to use digital communication because so often we are so focused when it comes to digital communication on me more than relationally. And that's doing nothing but grieving God and corrupting their soul and our relationships with them. But digital communication isn't going anywhere. Therefore, we got to learn how to use it in a way that helps us relationally connect instead of disconnects us. In a way that helps us focus our use of digital communication relationally instead of on me and I want to give you three phrases that I think will help you do that I just encourage you by the way to write these three phrases down or take a picture of these and then keep them put them somewhere where you see them frequently and consistently so you can be reminded of these all the time here's the first phrase talk instead of type talk instead of type I'm not saying you shouldn't text and shouldn't email and shouldn't comment I'm just saying we should know when to talk in person instead of typing those things And here's three filter questions to help you know when. Could I? When you're getting ready to type that text, that email, that comment, that post, ask, could I say this to their face? If no, don't type it. It may be easier to, but it's going to drive a wedge into your relationship. Second, would I? Would I say this to your face? If no, don't type it. If you wouldn't say it to them, but you type it anyway, it will cause relational disconnect. And here's the most important one. Should I? Should I say this to them in person? If your answer is yes, talk instead of type. And by the way, listen, the answer is always yes when any amount of dialogue is needed. Here's a good rule of thumb. The only time you should type instead of talk is if that's what's most beneficial for them. If that's what's most beneficial for your relationship with them. Not if that's what's most comfortable for you. Not to get things off your chest. Not to make yourself feel better. Not to avoid conflict. Me, 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 me. Not if any dialogue is needed. Here's the second phrase. Pause, pause before you post. Pause before you post. Before you go post on social media or comment on social media, think relationally and pause by asking and praying two questions. Is this going to help or hurt the people who see it? Is this going to be corrupting or benefiting to them? Not to me, to them. Does it help or hurt them? Does it help build them up up or is it destructive to their soul? If it doesn't help build up and benefit them, don't post it. Here's the second question. Is this post going to help or hurt my relationship with the people who see it? Is this going to be corrupting or benefiting to my relationship with them? Will this help build up or drive a wedge into my relationship with them? If it does not help or build up or benefit your relationship with them, don't post it. Listen, guys, I'm just like you. There are things I think about posting All the time. I want to put that position out there. I want to fire off. I want to let them know I'm frustrated. But I don't because I know it won't be helpful to them or my relationship with them. So I just take another gym picture and post that instead. (laughs) By the way, do you know what happens two minutes after I decide not to post something because I don't think it's going to be helpful or beneficial? You know what happens two minutes later? I forget about it and so do you. And so pause before you post. Don't live with that regret of posting something when you just should have paused long enough to go, "Mm -mm, that's not going to benefit them. And here's the final phrase, respond personally instead of reacting digitally. When someone sends an email or text or comments and posts on your social media and it, on, on social media and it fills you with anger and it makes you frustrated or it hurts your feelings or it offends you, don't react, don't fire back digitally with bitterness, rage, anger, malice, hatred. Paul says, You gotta get rid of all of that. Instead, respond personally to them with kindness, compassion, a forgiving heart, because these are times where healthy dialogue is needed to not relationally disconnect with one another. And by the way, before you respond personally, before you talk to them, cool down, maybe wait a day. So often when we wait a day, so often when I wait a day, before I talk to them, I don't even need to actually have a conversation because I'm not mad and frustrated anymore. I got over it. It It's just a bridge I needed to build, and I got over it. You guys, because of the nature of my job, I get the craziest amount of texts and emails that are extraordinarily critical and just dumping on me and everything I've done wrong and everything relevant's ever done wrong in their life and we're leaving and you suck. And I mean, the amount of criticizing texts and emails I get is insane. And I used to, when I was younger and had more energy and testosterone react right back. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll say this to you and you know but you know what I do now? Delete. I just delete it. If you send me one of those, I won't even respond to you. And you know why? Because you don't care about your relationship with me enough to talk. So I'm not going to care enough to react. So delete. Delete. Because any way that I would react to that would not be beneficial for anybody. It would not be beneficial for my relationship with anybody. Last year, we did a series called, I did a series called Jesus, Salvation, and Catholicism. And I never think about anyone outside of Relevant listening to any of my sermons. And uh, I didn't think about it in this series. I definitely didn't think any Catholics outside of Relevant would listen to our series. And it got around real good, actually, uh, around Omaha. And... The amounts of messages, comments on social media, um, direct messages to my so, you know social private social media accounts, emails that I got that were so negative, I can't even begin to tell you. People just, I mean, attacking me and attacking my character, and I got physical threats from people in Omaha, and I would get those, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I wanted to react so bad by going you don't even know me, obviously. We can talk in an alley if you'd like to. Like, I, like I'm like, you, if you knew me, you would never say that to me. Like, but I didn't, in that season, I didn't react to one social media post. I didn't react to one email. And I just delete, delete, delete. And I just moved on. Because I knew nothing would be beneficial for them or any level of future relationship if I reacted in any way. So I just moved on. But then there were two priests, two different priests in town, who actually personally reached out to me, both separately, and said, hey, heard your messages, would love to get together and talk. And I'm like, yeah, let's get together and talk. So with one I went to lunch, with another one I went, uh, I went to coffee, and we just sat down and we just had healthy dialogue and asked each other questions and listened to one another and were able to hear one another where one another was coming from. And it was awesome. And we walked out of that lunch and coffee completely disagreeing with one another, but we started a relationship and a friendship with one another and we continue to talk to this day and message each other this day and give each other, you know, crud, give give crud to each other this day because we started a relationship because of in-person communication and healthy dialogue. So let me just ask you this. How is your use of digital communication preventing healthy interaction with your spouse, your kids, your parents, your coworkers, your friends, your teammates, each other? However it is, choose today to, as Paul would say, get rid of all of that. Choose to talk instead of type pause before you post, respond personally instead of reacting digitally. If you do, it will help you stop driving a wedge into your relationships. It will help you improve your current relationships, mend your hurting ones, and may even help you heal some of your broken ones. And it will help position you to be someone that other people want to and can have a true relational connection with. Dear Lord, um, th- this it's such a huge part of our lives. And I don't even think I, none of us fully understand how much this is just impacting us and impacting our relationships. And so, Lord, I pray that in whatever way that maybe we would, are listening and maybe felt convicted or stirred or prompted to just take a step to become healthier with this so that, our, that we can really connect how we desire to, I pray that we take that step. And through it, Lord, I pray that... Uh, we begin connecting more how our hearts do desire. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.